Hello, everybody. Uh, I decided to um, record my messages um, just from now on, I think, as a way for our church to to just continue to be fed by the Word of God. Because, um, you know, there's often times when someone's not able to be together, and obviously this Sunday uh, we aren't uh, able to be together, so I'm just going to be recording some of, the, of our, um, these messages. Um, yeah, and I'm going to post this online on a podcast called Christ Community Fellowship Sermons. So right now that's only available on uh, an app called uh, Spotify. And so I but I will try to make it more available and I have a recording that I'm going to email to all of you because I know many of you may not uh, have access to Spotify or, or know exactly what that is. If you got questions, you can ask me. But I just want to make um, God's Word more available to us, especially during this time. So hopefully you'll enjoy and uh, we'll be reminded of the great God we serve. Okay, so I guess with that, uh, you can turn with me to Daniel chapter 6, and I'll get you to um, to read that yourselves in a moment. Uh, we're going to continue our sermon series in the book of Daniel. I think it's fitting during this time when so many um, things in the world in particular and the world's response to what's going on is so different than... The godly response when we see God's plan and and His sovereignty over the world. And so, Daniel chapter 6 is probably the most familiar story to you in Daniel. To me, the words Daniel and Lion's Den just go together in my brain, and that's the story that we're going to be talking about together. Um, before that, though, why don't I just begin with a quick uh, word of prayer because uh, we, we need the Lord and we know that, so I'll pray. Lord, we, we praise you for salvation, that you are our Savior, that uh, Jesus Christ came to this earth, uh, he humbled himself even to the point of death on a cross, Lord. And we are thankful for that, that through death, we have life, and we also thank you that Jesus lives, and what a an encouragement that is. We thank you now for this opportunity just to open up God's Word. Um, I ask that you would um, touch the hearts of the listeners, um, God, and, uh, and you'd open up my own heart and speak through me, Lord, uh, because I know there's so much that I have to learn. And when we think about the life of Daniel and what a great man of God he was, it can be easy to say, wow, I'm, I'm not there yet, Lord, but you're a faithful God, and I thank you that we all have much to learn. So we just uh, pray this in Jesus' name and give you thanks. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. So at this point, if you, you want to pause the sermon... Um, then you could read the chapter, uh, Daniel chapter 6, before you continue on. And uh, then, uh, yeah, if uh, you don't want to re read, well, I'd encourage you to, but uh, I'll just continue on uh, talking about the story. 
Okay, Daniel and the lion's den. Well, if you remember last week, we saw that Belshazzar, the king of Babylon, was a proud man, and and God had told him um, his time his time was up because he was not living for God, and uh, so he gave the king to Darius. Now, Darius was a man we don't know much about him at all, but. He was a ruler uh, from the Medo-Persian Empire who was set over Babylon. And so our story today begins when Darius appoints Daniel to be one of three high officials. And they, were, uh, they had a special job. Their job was to watch over the other government leaders called satraps. And they were to make sure the king didn't get ripped off by all his uh, greedy government officials. The king didn't want to suffer loss, and so he had this in place as a way to make sure he got his taxes. So, a key point to notice from the first part of this uh, the, the story is just what a, a man of character Daniel was. We see the text tells us he, he very quickly distinguished himself above all the others. It tells us that he had an excellent spirit. Now, that's kind of a funny thing to say. I, you know, what, what does that mean? But it means that um, in his life, by his life, people saw that Daniel... He loved God with all his heart, soul, mind, and strength. It was, it was obvious to them that he had this, this excellent spirit. That's where his character came from, came from God. Maybe they didn't understand that it came from God, but they saw the results. And so their expression they would use is, Daniel had an excellent spirit. So the king really liked what he saw. He saw the godliness, character, and work ethic of Daniel, and I'm sure he saw his wisdom. We've seen that throughout Daniel as we've been talking about it. And so the king was very pleased, and he thought to himself he might set him up kind of as second in command, as a sort of a, a prime minister of sorts. But on the other hand, we have these other men. The rest of these officials and satraps, and they were not godly, were they? They hated Daniel. They were characterized by uh, wickedness and not godliness. And we see that they were jealous and they were also greedy. So they, they sought a way to accuse Daniel. I think they figured, well, maybe they could find something wrong that he had done, and then they could accuse him, but they couldn't find anything. Daniel was faithful in all areas of life, and so they realized the only way that they could accuse Daniel, and this is quite a statement, would be for them to make up a law that would cause Daniel to have to make a choice. He had to make a choice, or was going to have to make a choice, between following the law of his God, the law of the one true God, 
or between the law of the king, the immutable law of the Medes and the Persians. The test of true godly character is always a choice, and that is a choice between God and anything else. And I, I've kind of talked about that before. It's that ultimately we serve God or we serve other things, money, security, life. We love life more than we love God. And so we're going to see, does Daniel have real character? Does he really love and serve God? So these men came to the king. These men who had no problem lying to get what they wanted, and they lied to the king. They told him, uh, we think it would be good for you, O king, to make a law that no one should make any petition or any prayer to, except to you for 30 days. You might wonder, why would Darius want to be God for 30 days? Well, in those days, rulers were, they were kind of, they were connected to deity. And so people thought of them as a representative of their gods. So what these officials are are basically offering Dan or Darius, sorry, is a way to show the people he was in charge. It was a way of saying, "Look at me, I am the God's representative on earth. You should listen to me." And now you have to remember these men didn't care about King Darius. The only thing they wanted was to destroy a righteous man. And sadly, the king listened to their lie. It appealed to him because he wanted, I think he wanted his rule to be established. Perhaps he was flattered that they would think that he should be the only one to be prayed to for 30 days. And so he, he, he didn't even notice the evil purpose these officials had. He didn't even notice that the man he trusted most, Daniel, wasn't there. But Daniel knew. And so when the king accepted um, this, does he give up? Does he decide to himself, you know what? I should probably take a break from praying for a month. And I'll get back into it after, you know. I just got to wait it out. No. Daniel did uh, what he always did. He went and he prayed three times a day. That was his habit. He was a man, he wasn't just a man of character, but he was a man of prayer, devoted to God. And you know what? I think it was because of his faith and because he was constantly going to the Lord, that led him to be the man of character that he was. When we think about Abraham as another man of God. Genesis 15.6 tells us that it was Abraham's faith in God that was accounted as righteousness. And it was no different for Daniel. 
here or for all of us that it was faith in God that led to being a righteous man, becoming a new man, a new creation instead of the old. And so Daniel made his choice. He got down on his knees and he gave thanks to God. And you'll notice Daniel's greatest test, it came at the end of his life, didn't it? Or towards the end of it. Victory in one battle does not mean another battle will not come. Past faithfulness is not meant to be a compensation for present unfaithfulness. It's not an excuse to be unfaithful now, but it's actually preparation for more faithfulness. So what God is putting you through today, allowing you to to experience, is for your own good and His glory so that Tomorrow, not that life will be necessarily better, but so that you can face the next challenge. And so Daniel remained faithful to the God who has been so faithful to him. Now, of course, Daniel's not going to get away with this because the wicked officials are keeping watch. And they came to the king and they said, O king, did not you uh, you sign this command that if anyone makes a petition to any god or man in 30 days, except to you, should be cast into the den of lions? And the king said, yeah, that's, that's true. It's according to the laws of the Medes and the Persians, which cannot be revoked. And so they sprung, sprung it on him and they said, oh, Daniel, he didn't listen to you. He's making petitions to his own God three times a day. And this was upsetting to to the king because that's not what he wanted. He'd been tricked. But in the end, he couldn't save Daniel. He was bound by his own law. And so Daniel, a man of character, a man of prayer, is suddenly a man on trial, accused unjustly. And at sundown, Darius sealed Daniel in the lion's den. But before he goes, he said to Daniel, May the God whom you serve continually deliver you. You know, I wonder how much hope Darius had. He fasted all night. In a lot of ways, it seems more like he was mourning Daniel than in prayer. But he still goes out the next morning. And he goes and he runs And he calls out to Daniel and he says, has the God whom you serve continually been able to save you from the lions? And Daniel said, O king, live forever. My God sent his angel and shut the mouths of the lions. Isn't that amazing? No harm had been done to him. God delivered his servant because he had trusted in God. And notice how Darius said twice, may the God whom you serve continually. Darius picked up on how Daniel was constantly serving God. That's why he could face the test as he did. I want to read to you a scripture 
found in the book of Romans chapter 5 verses 3 to 8. It says, But we rejoice in our sufferings. And how on earth is that possible? Knowing that suffering produces endurance. Endurance, you can keep on going. And, and endurance produces character and character hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured in our hearts through the Holy Spirit who's been given to us. Isn't that amazing? A life of character and of hope is built on understanding that, you know, we can go through suffering because of God's love. And verses 6 to 8 go on and tell us, While we were still weak, at the right time Christ died for the ungodly. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person one might even dare to die. But God perhaps, or God shows, sorry, his love for us, and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So we can have character and we can have hope because we have a loving, delivering God. And our chapter ends with this decree from King Darius, a decree that praises God. It says, In all my dominion, people are to tremble and fear before the God of Daniel, for he is the living God, enduring forever his kingdom shall never be destroyed, and his dominion shall be to the end. He delivers and rescues. He works signs and wonders in heaven and on earth. He who has saved Daniel from the power of the lions. To God be the glory for that. For all things. It's a pretty wonderful end to a story of a man who found his hope in God. His faith was in God, and he did not compromise because throughout his whole life, up to that point, he had put his faith in God, in the God who was faithful. And he had not found God to be unfaithful. So he knew that no matter what happened, God would deliver him. Now, if you're like me, you, you probably wonder sometimes, well, could God really deliver me? Like, Daniel's one thing. But me? You know, sometimes we can feel like, we don't feel like we're the man of character, or, or we have the prayer life of Daniel. But Daniel was saved just as we are. God is a delivering God. He is gracious to all who come to him, even with the weakest of faith, because salvation is dependent on him, his perfect spotless character, because he is faithful. And so we are saved by grace through faith and not by works which we have done. 
I just want to encourage you guys this morning. I hope that this story reminds you that God delivers and that God lives. You know, the story of Daniel's rescue is a picture of what it means to have faith in the God who lives. Because, you see, God isn't dead, is he? God is still working. Because Jesus rose from the grave. And because of his resurrection, we have hope. Once for all, when Jesus rose, God showed that he is the living, delivering God. And Daniel's story is a reminder to us we can grow to become men of character, women of character. We can be people of prayer, all because of God, as we, because it starts with Him, it ends with Him, it's about Him. He is a good and faithful God. And so as we go through life, we can continue to trust Him each step of the way. And we will grow in our suffering. We will grow to endure and to have character and then to ultimately have hope in Christ. So I hope you're encouraged as you think of the Lord and of the example of Daniel who did not compromise because he knew the Lord. And my prayer is that right now, today, we would, and every day, we would continue to trust God because we know that God can deliver. And the best part of it all, our hope isn't just deliverance from a physical lion's den or a virus or even physical death. Our hope is is found in a God who delivers us from sin. For in Christ, we who were dead in sin were made alive in Christ. Now that's amazing. We're delivered from sin. We're delivered from condemnation. Delivered from Satan, the roaring lion who roams about seeking whom he may devour. And through the resurrection of Jesus, death itself is defeated. And so, we're not promised that we will escape death. In this world, we will end up, you know, in the grave unless the Lord returns. But we're promised that death is not the end. It is not the end of the story because we have a living God. Jesus lives, and so there is no trouble, tribulation, trial, or anything that can separate us from the love of God because He lives. We can be people of godly character because we have a living, delivering God. Just close in prayer. And then I would invite you after to spend some time yourself responding in prayer, just as Daniel himself did. Lord, we thank you for the example of Daniel 
Help us to remember that it's not about the works that we can do to make ourselves righteous, but responding to uh, suffering, to to continue um, growing because we know that you love us, Lord, and we love you because you first loved us. I pray that you'd be with each one that's listening, Lord, and that we would continue to serve you above all. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.